0: You're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Exodus 33, starting at verse 12.
1: Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways, that I might know you, in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, God said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up out from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favour in your sight and I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing You have spoken, I will do, for you have found favour
0: in my sight and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you
1: and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Chapter 34, the Lord said to Moses, cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Be ready by the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on top of the mountain. No one shall come up with you and let no one be seen throughout all the mountain. Let no flocks or herds herds, graze upon that mountain So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first. He rose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai as the Lord commanded him. And he took in his hand two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the
0: name of the Lord. The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, the Lord, The Lord,
1: a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation.
0: And Moses quickly bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped. And he said, if now I have found
1: favour in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance. This is
0: the word of the Lord. Church, let me pray for us um, as we come to this uh, very precious time together in God's word. Our dearest
1: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the absolute honour it is to be here together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, We thank you for this sun that is shining, a very evidence of of you being a gracious God to us to answer our prayers. Uh, We thank you for the gift of one another. We thank you for the gift of your spirit, which is here at work right now, uh, to be changing us, changing our hearts, renewing our minds and conforming us into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, in these next few minutes, as we consider who you are, and as we consider our response, would you please guide me to speak truth? Would you please protect uh, my mouth and our ears from what is false? And would you renew us in the truth? Your word is truth. Sanctify us in the truth. As we look to the one that is true and just and beautiful and our Saviour, Lord Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord <clears throat> well, church, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in this way. I'm so Thankful to be back, and uh, it is—it's been—it's been been tough, right? It's been tough. I mean, I'm encouraged to see so many of you, because I said it last week. The crappy thing about COVID is just this restart and restart and restart and restart. Um, It—it's—it sucks and it's hard to have to just keep regaining momentum. Like that's when your car uses the most fuel when it has to get up to speed again. We have—I feel like we keep using up more speed of our mental and emotional and relational energy to keep getting back up to speed with everything that is in life. Um, But we're back and I'm so glad to see you today. We're also back in the book of Exodus as we've been continuing uh, for the last, I think, 18 weeks now. Uh, Now, I hope that you have already seen it in our reading today and I hope you've been sensing it as we've been going through. This book of Exodus, oh man, I've missed the motorcycles. Hey, missed the motorcycles. (laughs) This book of Exodus, it has been teaching us again and again, how the God of the Bible is a God of fresh starts, isn't it? So what it's been teaching us. It's, and you've seen the tagline for the Exodus trailer. It says, a story of freedom. Now, in this story, the book of Exodus, has been talking about a physical freedom from slavery in Egypt. And of course, it's been pointing to a, a, a spiritual and eternal freedom, not from Egypt, but from the penalty of our sin and, from the, and the sting of death. So Exodus it's actually it's actually foreshadowing the entire story of the Bible isn't it That Exodus is the good news story that points to the gospel good news story of Jesus And we say gospel a lot. And I want to make sure you know what that means, you know, because we say gospel a lot where I was asking, what is the gospel? We start our gospel community meetings by articulating what is the gospel? Our city kids have started today by answering the question, what is the gospel? We started our service today having our musos played for us a song by citizens and saints called the gospel. So when we hear gospel, what do we want to think? Well, we want to think of Jesus We want to think of the person and work of Jesus. We want to think about the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. The gospel is that through the person and work of Jesus, God offers you a fresh start at life because Jesus has given up his. The gospel is that to all of those who regret the choices that they've made before a holy God, the gospel is that because of Jesus, God offers
0: you the gift of forgiveness and a new life with him. That's good news. The gospel is that
1: as God created a world that was good, good, very good, and although we corrupted it and we cursed it, God rescued and gave creation and is willing to give us a fresh start. That's good news. That's the gospel. The gospel tells us that death from our corruption does not have to be
0: our destiny. You can be a beloved child of God for eternity. God is
1: willing to wear your sin for you so that you can be His child and He can love you and that you can be with Him forever, just as the plan was, meant to, just as the plan was always meant to be. And now today, we encounter this section in Exodus, which is something that teaches us a little bit about how God responds to certain behaviours in response to some good news that offers a fresh start. Because the gospel is the news of God's forgiveness and a fresh start to an
0: undeserving and an unlikely people. And our passage today is bound up in this theme.
1: So I want us to go into today, into this text, into chapters 33 and 35, considering these questions, considering these questions. If God is willing to give you a fresh start at life, if you are someone that has sensed God's love for you, if you are someone that is intrigued by God's love, is compelled by that,
0: that wants to know more about that fresh start, that wants to lean into the gospel, what do you want to be asking for? What should you be asking for? That's a question I want us to have in our minds today as we work through these words.
1: Now, important that we start with a little bit of context as to where we are at in the Exodus story. We're towards the end of the book. Uh, and It's good to understand what's come before and what is about to happen ahead of us. Uh, now, we have seen, haven't we, the amazing love of God to rescue His people miraculously out of the... Tyranny and certain death that was Egypt. God's amazing grace, amazing love. How can it be that he would do such an amazing thing for his people? Miracles, plagues, parting the Red Sea, feeding the people in the wilderness, water out of rocks. It's incredible. And God is willing to lead them. And not only is he rescuing them, he's putting them on a path to a promised land, flowing with milk and honey. Amazing, amazing. But then we've seen, haven't we, that despite this amazing rescue, despite this loving God, despite this just unbelievable act from a sovereign God for His lowly people, what do they do? They screwed it up. We saw that last week. They screwed it up. It was like literally within a month,
0: they start worshipping a golden calf. What the hell, man? Are you serious?
1: Like God is just over there. He's on the mountain. You can see the mountain smoking and you're worshipping the golden calf. God's anger burned hot. Moses' anger burned hot. They drank a gold flake smoothie. People got killed. It was not cool. It was not cool. But yet God was still merciful, wasn't he? Instead of wiping them all out as they deserved, instead of going through with just saying to Moses, all right, Moses, just you and me now. Let's going to start again. God shows grace, doesn't he? You know what grace is? Grace is God's mercy plus more. Grace is God's love plus more love. Uh, side note, whenever I try to like, think of what grace is, just think of M&Ms, right? Just think of M&Ms. If you're like, what's God's grace? It's like an M&M. It's like God's mercy and more. So double M. And it's like you get the chocolate of God's love, but then you get more. You get like a sweet sugar-coated little thing that the chocolate's bound up in. So not only do you get God's mercy, but you get His love and you get His acceptance and you get His presence and you get His future. God's mercy and more. Sweet M&Ms. I don't know what colour, but it's a side note. God's mercy. God's mercy shown to them because He doesn't wipe them out. He punishes them. We saw last week there's a plague, but now there's kind of been this reset moment. God was amidst the people, but now He's outside of the people. We start this chapter and the tent of meeting is now outside the camp. Just as it was in the Garden of Eden, things were recreated. They're on a path with God and then the people screw up. They worship themselves. Instead of, instead of eating the apple, they have gone after the corruption of their heart to worship the calf. And so God says, no, nah, that's it. You're not with me anymore. So he goes out of the camp. And so there's this sense amongst the people that they know that they have been disobedient and they know that they have been destined to destruction. But God is being patient and he's still staying firm to his promise, isn't he? So there's this in-between, there's this in-between time. The people now stand off, stand back at a distance and they still have this desire for God. So what's happening? The people stand at a distance and then Moses goes to approach God at the tent of meeting, doesn't he? And it's all about this fresh start that's happening, this, this covenant renewal, this covenant renewal. Exodus 33, we read verses 7 to to 10. Moses still able to draw near, the people still far off. Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called the tent and he called it the tent of meeting. Verse 8, whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door. And Moses, and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, The pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak to Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door.
0: So God is no longer in the camp. The people have been disobedient. Their hope for what a future with God was going to look like, it's a bit on the rocks, right?
1: Because in some ways it was literally shattered when God threw the tablets of stone and they broke. The very law that was going to guide them as God's people had been broken because of what they had done. The people stand at a distance. They have a desire, but they cannot approach God. But Moses can. Moses can. Moses, he can and he does. And what does he asked after? What does Moses want to know? In this significant turning point for the people, After their sin, what do we see from Moses? Well, Moses, he has a desire. He has a desire. He wants direction and he wants inspiration. He wants direction and he wants inspiration. Check it out, verse 12. So Moses is meeting with God. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and I've also found favour in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favour in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find
0: favour in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. Well, it's amazing to see here actually what Moses is asking in a way.
1: Because Moses is he's, he's really, he's asking the same question that he asked back, back in Exodus 3. We've done this big loop around again. Exodus 3, verse 10, right at the start, this is like burning bush moment. God says, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, God said, but I will be with you and this shall be a sign for you
0: that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So Moses is now talking to God and he says, he says, verse 12, you have not let me know who you will send with me. God has already let him know. He says, I am going with you. Now Moses, he's either forgotten that or he needs to
1: know that God's plan is still good despite the stuff up of the people, right? Right? He's either forgotten or he still needs to know like, God, who will you send with me? Like, is it it, it still going to be you? (laughs) Like, are we still doing this thing? And God replies, graciously, lovingly replies. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That would have been sweet words to Moses. I will give you rest. The Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For I have found favour, for, for you have found favour in my sight and I know you by name. Now, I imagine at this point, Moses is taking stock mid-convo. You know, he's sort of saying, all right, cool. We're still a go for this plan. We've stuffed up, but we're still, we're still it's, it's still plan A, despite the detour. All right, the promised land, it's still in view. Awesome. We still have a people to represent God's glory. Awesome. We're still a people on a journey to the promised land. Good. Right. It's all going as God said it would. God is good on his word. I'm supported. We're doing well here. He's probably thinking, how good is God? How good is God? Another chance. A fresh start.
0: A fresh start for the original plan. And then what does he ask? Have a look at that one Moses then asks. Moses says, Please show me your glory. Please show me your glory. He's
1: looking for direction and inspiration. Moses, it's like he's saying, I seem to have found favor in your sight, God. I feel so loved. By your God, please let me get to know more of you. Show me
0: your glory. How does Moses know that he's loved by God? He wants more of God. He wants more of God. And what does God say? Yes, but not all of it. You can see my back. That's glory enough. God is so gracious and kind to Moses in this moment. He's letting
1: Moses approach near. He's giving Moses more of himself. Moses' desire is good. God, I know you're good. I sense your love. I want more of this. I know that this is real. I want more of it. I want to, God, I want to I binge on you. <laughs> and God in his love and in his grace, he gives to Moses what he's asked. Now, interesting to see uh, the way that uh, God reveals his glory to Moses, isn't it? Interesting to see that he, the way he reveals his glory to Moses because we still are kind of like at this reset moment, still thinking back to Exodus 3. It started with, because Moses said, I need to know your name. And God said, look, this is my name. I am who I am. I am who I am. Like, I don't need an introduction. Like, I'm indescribable, uncomparable. You can't define me. I am who I am. I define me. But in this moment of when Moses says, like, he knows that. But Moses is like, I still want to see your glory. I still want to know more. I know you're good. I want more good. So God adds some flesh to his name, doesn't he? And what does he say? What does he say? If, you're, I can, if I can commend to you like Bible memorization, these next few verses have got to go on your fridge. Verse, chapter 34, verse 5. In response to Moses' request, show me your glory. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him and proclaimed the name of the Lord. This is kind of like, you know, the boxing match. Where the announcer stands stands in the ring, and he's just like, "And weighing in at two hundred pounds, standing at six foot three, a lover of fine arts and good at poetry." It's I don't know, I have a name, but God doesn't have someone to introduce Him. Only God can introduce Him,
0: and what does He say? The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious,
1: slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth
0: generations. That is how God describes himself. Is that the God that you know? Is that how you would describe God? merciful
1: and gracious is those the first two words that come to your mind when you think of God.
0: When you think of God, do you go, Lord of my life or do you go, butler for my life? Do you think merciful and gracious or do you think stern
1: and judgmental? Do you think slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love? Abounding in steadfast love. Abounding
0: in steadfast love. Or do you think fun police? Do you think keeping steadfast love for thousands? Or do you think the one who says that I can't live my life the way I want? God is the Lord. This is truth.
1: Hear this truth. Let it sink in. He's merciful. He's gracious. Gracious. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. That's beautiful. Like the amount of times that I'm like, oh, man, I stuffed up. God's so angry with me right now. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. Gracious. Merciful. Loving. How can God love someone like me after all that I've done, all the stuff that I think, after the life that I've lived and the things that I've done? Loving, that's who God is.
0: He has love for many, steadfast love, keeping steadfast love. But his forgiveness and goodness does not make him soft towards disobedience,
1: does Does it? He's still a God who is righteous, who will punish the sin of the world. And that is good news still. That is still good news that God is going to deal with corruption. Because look, I don't know about you, but it's not heaven if like a bunch of unrepentant murderers are there. Like that's, that's, that's not a fun place to be. If God, doesn't, if God doesn't deal with people that are not nice and that don't want to change,
0: then he's not a loving God. So it's beautiful that that is included in his self-description And notice this too. God's glory. This is what Moses wanted. He says, Show me your glory.
1: Show me your glory. And Moses, he, like, he gets to see his back while wearing wearing like a, a, a rock flak jacket behind God's hand, right? After Moses sees God's glory, he doesn't he doesn't like it's he, he tells us he doesn't tell us what he saw, but he. He tells us what he heard, right? Like Moses, he's not pointing us to a, an, 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 he's not primarily pointing us to an emotional experience. He's, he's getting to us through what we know and have sensed already, like loving, merciful, gracious. He didn't,
0: God didn't say, oh, I saw God's glory and it just felt good. He gives a clearer, articulated,
1: spoken revelation of who he is. That's what God does. For us to understand God's glory, God is hitting our heart through our head, isn't he? He goes, wham, loving, gracious, and he wants us to put all of those things, match that up, and I'm a thousand times better than what you can imagine. God's gift to Moses to see his glory and his
0: character is in God's character. Now, I want us to pause and notice something for a second here.
1: Do you see what happened to get to this point? Do you remember what's happened to get to this point here? Like, I think it's significant that
0: Moses hasn't just prayed, God, show me your glory and then zap. It wasn't like that, was it? There wasn't a, there was, God didn't send down a tweet, you know, God, show me your glory, and I want the abridged version so I can understand that really quickly. God asked Moses to to do a few things, didn't he? Moses
1: still had some work to do, didn't he? God didn't want this to be just this easy, unthought-out, non-considered process to experience his glory. Do you see that? Do you see that? Like Moses had to do some work. He had to prepare. He had to, like he wasn't giving into his culture or or giving into a generation of immediate gratification. Like he actually had to do some work to open up his heart and to posture himself rightly before God, didn't he?
0: Like he had to be willing to get up early. He had to be willing to cut the stones.
1: He had to be willing to take the walk up the mountain with his stone-covered notebook. He had to be willing to humble himself and stand in a vulnerable posture before God so that he can have his prayer to God for more of God to be answered by God. Moses literally had to carve out the time to carve out the rock so that he could be one who created him.
0: Now, I want to lean into this. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want this to be made clear
1: because we live in a world right now where everything has to be instant, where there's like no effort expected. We live in a world of like Uber Eats, right? I don't even want to cook and I don't even want to get in my car, but I'll, I guess I'll go to my front door. Like we live in a world where we're not willing to, ing- like so, so much of our culture around us is telling us that you just just sit back, just sit back and it'll all just happen to you. It'll all just, you, you just have to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, 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 God, I'll have some of your glory. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, just is there an app for that? Is there a glory app? Y'all yeah, subscribe to that. Yeah, sweet. All right. Oh, I don't know why I'm not
0: like feeling the presence of God right now. This app sucks. Zero stars. Church, there's a posture that we need to be in if we really, really want to know more about who God is. We have to hear that. And we have to know that because
1: like not only has God designed us and wired us to learn in certain ways and to like understand our experiences and to pursue things. You know, the, the imagery of the Bible is like a farmer who cultivates the soil. It's like of an athlete who trains and or a soldier who fights. That is what it means to be, to be growing and to be experiencing more of God. It's not someone that just falls on the hard soil, sprouts up quickly and then is blown over as soon as the wind and the sun comes. There's work that goes into it. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you. It's it's not one or the other, it's both and. We've got work to do. I feel like as I'm reading this text this week and looking at the way that God wants Moses to prepare his heart in preparing these stones. Like there's hours of work going into this. Like Moses, he's chipping away with the hammer and the chisel. He's like, I'm going to go see God. I'm going to get these tablets right. Yes, I, my prayer is, God, show me your glory. Oh, God, he's, he is good. And I'm going to go up. All right, I'm going to get up there and whatever God has for me, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready. He said, I'm only going to see his back. Man, that's going to be Awesome. Okay, prepare the. All right, get the stones, put them in the bag. The stones are pretty good. Okay, walk up the mountain. Oh man, that's like kind of scary, isn't it? There's like a cloud of fire and lightning and smoke. I'm willing to go. I'm going to humble myself to go. I'm going to take the steps and go. Moses, he didn't just sit back
0: and do nothing. It was an individual's intentional and deliberate pursuit of God. And then have a look at what Moses got when he got up there. We
1: saw it, didn't he? This amazing revelation of God. Incredible. But then still we look at what Moses got and was it was it like this amazing super
0: profound unattainable thing that we could never have? In some ways no. All God really did was tell Moses what he already knew. All
1: God wanted to do was just just impress into him more of a greater and a deeper understanding of God's character. Like after everything that Moses has seen, he knows he's the Lord. He knows that he's loving. He knows that he's gracious. He knows that he's abounding in steadfast love. But then that's, that's pretty much, that's just what God does. He just presses in what he already knows. He just presses in the good news of the character of God. So church, I I want to encourage you from that. Like hearing and knowing and seeing God's glory, often it's in what we already know of God. Already know of His character. What's already been revealed to us in the Bible through Jesus, through the fellowship with one another. And it's just being willing to have that pressed into us even more than what we already know. To, To dwell on that, to think about that to reach out to God and to ask for a greater understanding of that. It's why as a church where, you know, we want to talk about Jesus again and again. We want to talk about the gospel again and again. The gospel isn't the start of the Christian life. It's all of the Christian life. It's what we keep coming back to over and over and over and over that whenever we have doubts as to the goodness of God, we go, no. If He is for us, who can be against us? Whenever we have doubts into to the sovereignty of God, we go like, he's beaten death. Whenever we have doubts about, does God really love me? We look at a blood-stained empty cross and empty tomb and we go, well, he was willing to go that far. That's why we keep coming back to the gospel to hear again and again what we already know, but we want to know it deeper and more profound so that the
0: inf- this information from our head keeps making its journey into our hearts to change us and to shape us. But it's not just about knowing stuff though, is it? It's not just about knowing stuff and having the good feels and the good feels. Would have been awesome for Moses. What was the result of Moses' time with God? What was the result? His countenance literally changed. Like people
1: looked at him. And they were in a state of unbelief at what they saw. Like Moses' gl- Moses's appearance began to reflect the very appearance of God. Like his face shone. Like to the point where the Israelites were freaked out. Like Moses, put on a mask or something like, oh, I can't handle it. Like, oh. Like I imagine that it was kind of like, you know, a big bright light that as it shone and the, it, it revealed to them the sin stained nature of their own flesh. As they took a floodlight
0: into their lives, it revealed all the dark corners of their hearts. Oh, no, Moses, I'm not ready for that yet. Moses in wanting to behold
1: God's glory, in wanting more of God's glory, he got a deeper and more profound and a more impressed revelation of God. And more than just Moses coming down the mountain and bouncing around after a a really good time, he looked different. There
0: was something different about him. Beautifully different. Now, here's the question. Can you or I, can we ask God what Moses asked God?
1: In response to sensing God's love for us,
0: are we allowed to pray and long for a moment like Moses? That, you know, what if,
1: hey, God was to give us a fresh start at life? Like what if there was this some sort of renewal, this covenant renewal, right? (laughs) Who would have thought? This gospel good news of renewal. Who
0: would have thought? If you were beginning to sense God's love, do you think that you'd be allowed to ask
1: for something like this? Are you allowed? Are you able? Is God wanting to hear you
0: ask the question, God, show me your glory? The answer is an excited and a glorious yes. Yes, of course. Yes, please. It's just the how is different. It's this: rather than seeing God's back while we're stuck in the crack of a rock, we get to see the exact imprint, the, the image of the invisible God. We get to see the exact
1: imprint of his nature. We get to see Jesus, God in flesh, God incarnate. Like we get to see not only him walking past, but in God's word in the Bible, we get to hear his voice and see his character and watch him live. We get to see God's glory by seeing Jesus. We read about it in Colossians 1 in the New Testament. This is Jesus He is the image of the invisible God. Do you want to see God? Look to Jesus. He is the firstborn of all creation. For by him,
0: all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. So if we want to know the glory of God, if
1: we want to have a greater understanding of who God is, if we want to be transformed by who God is, we get to go to Jesus. We get to go to Jesus. And you know what? Spending time with Jesus will mean that there'll be a change in our countenance. There can be a very real change in our countenance. If we're willing to posture ourselves before Him and say, God, show me your glory, we will reflect His go- glory by reflecting His character. That is, people who are leaning into Jesus Christ. Because of his finished work on
0: the cross, we become conformed into his image. 2 Corinthians 3 says, and we all
1: with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So church, you see, the Israelite camp, the Israelites who are standing far off, that don't know what's going on, whether they have a hope for a future or not, they've got Moses interceding on their behalf. The closest they got to seeing God's glory was the reflection on Moses' face from the time he got to spend with him. That's as close
0: as they could get. And they couldn't handle it. Moses had to put a veil on his face. But then we come to our, our,
1: this side of the cross in the time that we live now and we have seen Jesus enter in, Jesus, the new and better Moses, Jesus, God's son, bearing the exact imprint and, and nature of God. And because of the person and work of Jesus, we get to see his face and there's no veil. There's no veil. And we get to see his glory and then we get to be transformed by that. And that's Beautiful
0: to be able to see and behold and lean into and pursue after Jesus. So your prayer can be, God, show me your glory. And our action should be, let us look into the face of Christ. But I want to encourage us as a church And that if you're someone that would call
1: yourself a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you to also do the work to behold the glory of Jesus. Okay? That just as Moses had to prepare those stones so that the law could be written on them, we also have to prepare our hearts so that God can continue to write his law and his word on us. And I would suggest that in many ways it looks very similar to what Moses did in the way that he was approaching God. It started with prayer. It started with prayer. It started with a genuine plea, God, show me your glory. If you really want to see the unveiled face of Christ and see it as good and see it as beautiful and see it as majestic and know it as loving and knowing it as gracious and knowing it as beautiful, We've got to start with the genuine prayer. If you want to
0: feel the fire of God, you need to lay the kindling of prayer. And going into that prayer, fueling that prayer, is the
1: right posture. It's the right posture in that prayer, as it was for Moses. It's not just something you say or read from a book or like on an Instagram account. You must want it. You've got to want it. You must be, and as you want it, you must be willing to let God
0: set the agenda for how he's going to work through it. Not my will, but your will be done. And not only as we pray and do we want it and we have to be in the right posture as we pray, we need to prepare. We need to be preparing our hearts,
1: softening our hearts, having God's word fill our hearts, having other people in God's family, encourage our hearts. We must be ready to have the tablets cut so that God is willing to write on them in us and to change us.
0: And in that prayer, we need to sustain that prayer with patience. Patience. Knowing that God is good, knowing that God is loving. But patiently willing to actively
1: participate and persist in a longing for God from a posture of humble meekness.
0: We have to be willing to do it again and again and again and again and again and again. again. And again, and again, fighting off the enemy's attacks with prayer, going into our lives
1: in the complete Christian armor in prayer,
0: knowing and experiencing God and having him minister to us through prayer. If you want to know God's glory, posture yourself for that. Prepare yourself for that. Have patience in that and continue to practice that. Now, I want to close today. I want to close
1: um, with just a a short story that what I hope for you means um, that this, all of what we've been talking about today, it isn't just a distant concept, but it's actually a deep reality that you can know, okay? A deep reality that you can know. I know, in my own, I know in my own life, like prayer is hard, right? Prayer is tough. Like, and, and, that, and that genuine prayer to God for us to see His glory, there's a, there's a war that rages, there's a silent war that rages within that stops us from humbling ourselves to that posture, isn't there? There's, there's a myriad of distractions and there's so many things that go on from actually carving out time to enter into that place of prayer. It happens, and it's real, and it's tough. But God, He wants us to lean into that space, and He has He has an amazing comfort and reward as we do. Um, even before uh, I was called here to the Surf Coast, uh, many of you would know that I was studying, uh, studying to in some way be involved uh, within a church plant somewhere. I thought this is the direction that I think God has. For me, Esther and I were praying and thinking about it, and we think, "Look, this is this is what I think God wants to lead us in." We don't know where, we don't know when, we don't know what, we don't know how, but right, this is what we're doing. Um, now, this was this must have been about three or four years ago, uh, and I would recently encountered this concept, um, uh, this concept of stillness before God, this waiting on the Lord, this this uh, ex- this expectant posture. Uh, prayerful posture, patient posture, um, but one of just hum- humility and weakness, being like, God, just you, do, you do, do what you need to do, okay? Now, that very concept, like, that's terrifying. Because as much as I want God to speak into my life and, and at this time, I was worried about what he would say. <laughs> I was worried that he'd say something that I didn't want to do. It was a selfish, it was, it was selfish. And that was a lot of the time. It was just stopping me from entering into that space of just like all out. Just God, I'm here. Here I am. Send me. Uh, We had a city on a hill staff summit. Uh, We'd done a couple of these, um, and I thought, oh, this is great staff summit. Usually, in the agenda, is like a four hour window where you can go do free time. And I thought, no, this is it. You know, I've got this time on my own. You know, I don't have the the, the, you know the I don't have the kids or you know the other things happening. I'm just going to spend this time in silence and solitude, and I, wanted, I just really want to just come before God and say, God, like, just help me know you. Like, what is, what is next? Uh, anyway, the schedule didn't have that time. I'm like, okay, righto. But there was a time towards the end, towards the end of the camp, there was, a, there was a, just a time of corporate prayer and singing. I'm like, you know what? That could be a good time to pray. That could be really good. Um, so I sat up in the back corner you know, like one of the cool kids, you know, and I was like half participating uh, in what was happening. But all, and I just thought, you know what, God, this, this is, this is the time I think that I really just wanna, I wanna really lean into you. I'm just gonna, okay, you know, I'm just gonna completely naked. Here I am. Like I got nothing to offer. And I'm sitting there up the back and they're singing songs and I'm praying. And I look back on it now and I'm like, Louie, you're a little young punk, mate. You're a punk. Cause I'm literally praying like, God, if this is it, if you're like, if you've got something, like this is the time, you can show up now and you can do the thing. <laughs> like this is, my, this is my arrogant little selfish Louis prayer. And I, you know, some of what Moses says in these chapters resonates with me. God, if I found favour in your sight, show me your glory. You know, okay, all right, punk Moses, I'll show you my glory. Stand in the rock. <laughs> anyway, so I'm up the back and they're singing away. And then there's a time of like, uh, like uh, one, the guy that was leading the prayer meeting We said, hey, look, um, you know, we're together. Um, Our hearts are, you know, we're postured before God. Um, As a staff of City on Hill, does anyone have a word that they'd like to share? Anyone have a word that they'd like to share on, uh, you know, just for someone that might be here? Um, And there was a few people, you know, there was someone that put their hand up and, you know, they spoke, oh, that's right. They were speaking about the three things. It was just like, oh, if anyone feels like they need some healing, we'll pray for healing. If anyone feels like that they have a word to share, if anyone uh, feels like there was another thing, and I sat there, I'm like, yeah, they're pretty vague. They don't really count. I was like, God, you could, you know, that's kind of like, if you're playing the odds, it could look very spiritual. I don't want to play the odds, God. I want this to be from you. So I sat back and sort of watched the room. There was a couple of other words that came out which were super helpful for some of the other stuff that were very clarifying and very directive. And I sat back and I was just like, come on, God, if this, if this is it, like I'm being humble, like I'm willing to be, willing to be led. And there's a guy over in the corner. And he got up and he shared something very specific that only I could have known. He spoke it into the room. And in that moment, the best way that I can explain it is I don't know if you know those artistic sculptures which look like a mess from every single angle except for the one angle
0: where you can see the sculpture and you can see it perfect. In that moment, I got to see the sculpture. And for the next three hours, I was a blubbering, crying, on my knees mess. <laughs> and I had the psalm in my head, you know, who is man that you are mindful of him?
1: Like this young punk being like, Okay, God, I'm willing, show me, and then a word that rocks my world.
0: And I'm like, whoa, holy moly, like what's going on here? And just to, just to like not let the night end, I
1: called Esther. I actually I sent, I sent Esther a text, and because uh, she, of course, she wasn't there, and and it was like three words, and she sends me a laughing face emoji. I'm like, come on, Esther, like this was a super profound moment. Like I feel like that I've. I've seen the back of God. <laughs> and, and she sends me another text just to make sure that, you know, I understood. She's like, I'll call you in a minute. She calls me up and, uh, I'm, and she's like, oh, what's going on? And I tell her, I tell her what had been happening that evening. And she's like, oh, yeah, wow, um, cool. I'm like, why did you laugh? And she's like, oh, well. I really, you know, I've, you know, we know what's been going on the last few years and the way that we've set things up and, you know, we've been doing things and we've kind of been a little bit directionless. Um, uh, this might, you know, I, this is really significant. I don't know what it was, but this morning, you know, the kids were just really good this morning. They are doing really good today. Um, and I thought, you know what, today would just be a great day. I'm going um, to fast and I'm going to pray that um, God gives you
0: some direction today. And she's like four hours away, and we haven't talked for like you know the whole weekend up to this point. And God meets us in that. Like holy moly. A simple prayer. Like in my posture, it's from a young punk. But you know that what you know what
1: you know what like happens from that? There's a momentum that builds, and there's a there's a there's a taste and see that the Lord is good. And then there's a, there's, a, there's a wanting to preach a sermon like I have today because I want all of you to know that. <laughs> I want all of you to experience that because it just hasn't been happening that one time. You know, right? Like it, it builds and it, and, it, and it continues to shape and mold your character. It's incredible. You, to be able to set these, t- it's, it's now a part of my calendar of my week. Like the first half of Monday is just like, just set time aside. God, I'm just going to sit here, posture before you. You set the agenda. I'll have my notepad ready and I'll be reading through the Bible and the rest is up to you. And what God does through that is amazing. The stories, even through this church that we could tell. The very fact that we're meeting here is a result of those prayers. I can guarantee that because He loves us. He's, he's merciful and gracious and abounding and steadfast love. And I want all of you to know that. I want you to take the time to lean into Him, to be vulnerable and to posture yourself, to pray and to know that God wants to do something amazing in your
0: life because He loves you. And how do you know? The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, church, I've preached for
1: too long. I've got too excited. And that short story was now a long story. Um, I want us to, um, I want us just maybe today you'd like some time to actually pray in that way. Maybe that's something you've never done before. Maybe today is the first step towards that. Um, uh, I'd like to just invite the musos up. I think that would uh, be helpful to just have some music for us to spend some time. Um, I don't know what your prayer is today. Let me encourage you just to make it a really basic one and then let God do the rest. but we, I, just want us to, I just want to have a few moments now. Um, the musos are going to play for us a song um, and just let that just be, just to fill the space while you have some time to just pray to God.
0: A really basic prayer. Pray a prayer that only you'll know if he answers it, right? Pray a prayer.
1: Maybe it's, God, I understand a lot of these things. I understand the gospel. I know your character. But can you impress that into me even more? Maybe that's the prayer that you pray. But I want to create time here to practice it now because I know that the world around us, is, is, it makes it hard to be able to take time and do it during the week. I want to encourage you to do it in the week, but let's take some time to, to step into that place now. I want to encourage you in that. Um, and if you're someone here while the Musos are playing, if you're someone here and you, you, you feel like you don't know Jesus and you actually want to start a life of, look, I want to get to know this Jesus, I want to know this God, now's also a time you can come up front or just come see me after the service and I'd love to have that conversation for the first step in a journey with Jesus might look like for you to know the gospel good news. So just take time, church, now. Let's just have five minutes. Spend some time on your own. Praying confession, praying thanks, praying requests, and, request. and um, let's just humbly come before God in prayer, knowing that we can.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.